Welcome to the Talking Food Allergy Podcast from Allergic Living. I'm your host, Jen Jobrak. In this episode, we'll hear from both experts and students on an important food allergy issue, eating on college campus in the time of COVID-19. Please join me and my guests. Now, the pandemic has upended routines at many institutions, and this is certainly the case at colleges and universities. While many colleges offer students fully remote options, some have remained open for in-person classes and dorm living. Campus dining looks very different this year, and for those students managing food allergies, their reliance on safe food may be more complex than usual. To learn more about this issue, joining me first are two professionals in campus dining. Lindsay Haas is a registered dietitian and the Culinary and Nutrition Support Specialist with University of Michigan Dining, widely recognized for its food allergy practices. Beth Winthrop is a registered dietitian and senior trainer for Menu Trenfo's Allertrain program and a longtime leader in allergy management in food service. She teaches graduate courses in clinical nutrition management and food service management. Lindsay and Beth. Thank you both so much for joining me on the Talking Food Allergy Podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thanks, Jen. Exciting uh, times. So I'd like to start with some level setting about how universities have been managing the needs of students with food allergies prior to COVID. Lindsay, I'd like to start with you. And I know that many of our listeners know that University of Michigan has some exemplary practices regarding the management of food allergies on campus. Could you walk us through what a typical service looks like in the before COVID era? One of our biggest resources for our students are definitely our online resources. So we have web menus available for every single Michigan dining eatery on campus. Those web menus display the top allergens for each menu item that we serve, nutrition information, and also the ability to filter for your specific allergy that you're trying to avoid. But a lot of the students that we have on campus are allergic to more than just the top eight allergens. And so we have another tool called My Nutrition, where students can read full ingredient labels. From that tool, they can also view the top allergens and full nutrition for every single item that we serve in the dining hall. So that's not just the top rotating menu items, but also any condiments or beverages or anything like that. We also have a Michigan app that has the same functionality as our web menu and also has a link for my nutrition so that students can get the same information, but in a mobile platform. We have signs at the point of service so that students can view the top allergens when they're actually in the dining hall. We have always offered one-on-one consults with students so that they can meet with the registered dietitian as well as the chef and unit manager in each of the dining halls to address any personal concerns that they might have. Pre-COVID, we had gluten-free pantries available. Students knew that the items in those gluten-free pantries did not come into contact with any gluten-containing foods. And students with food allergies used those spaces as well so that they could be rest assured that there wasn't cross-contact in the normal serving area. How are students being served now? What's changed with COVID? Before COVID, 
all of our dining halls were set up in a way where each station had a plated entree in the station and they were self-contained. In response to COVID, what we had to do was consolidate our serving lines so that each entree was being served all in the same line. And what this did is it allowed us to serve students quickly because we had to decrease the number of individuals that we had in each of our dining facilities. With that consolidation, all of the food is being served together. We're also not allowed to have students dining in our facilities. So when a student walks through the door, they go through the line and choose which options they want and a server on the other side of the line serves them in a to-go container so that they can pick it up and exit the dining hall and eat in another location. This has brought up a lot of concerns for cross-contact because all of the food is in one location and it's not spread out throughout the dining halls. Uh, and so what we've had to do in response to that is work one-on-one -on -one with students to make sure that food is plated separately for them before they even come into the dining hall and we have a form for them to fill out so that they can request their food ahead of time. Beth, you have worked for many years training colleges to understand food allergies and protocols, as well as allergen cross-contact. Could you kind of give us a, the state of play of how colleges were doing on this topic before COVID, and what are the biggest changes you've seen since the pandemic affected campus life? Well, I can say that over the last 10 years, there's been tremendous progress in both safety and inclusion for students, college students with food allergies. And it is uh, quite sad to see some of that being walked back because of COVID, despite that it is really necessary. So I think the normal dining, again, a lot of variation from the best places such as Michigan to places that maybe haven't really gotten on board uh, yet even before the virus. But in general, what college dining strives to be is a social space where people can get together and also where they can see a friendly face. So the person that's handing you your meal is not demanding of you, not caring about your grades, not a roommate or anything like that. So those friendly faces of our frontline team have been very important to students in the past. Also compared to other environments where people might eat, college dining has a lot of resources. Michigan, you can look at their website. They have really great online menu resources, and that is very common uh, now. There's also great labeling information, particularly in the resident dining, all you care to eat type of environment. Something else that's happened over the last 10 years for food allergic students that's great is really the growth of the role of the registered dietitian in colleges. 10 years ago, there were only a handful of campus dietitians, and now there are hundreds, which really does help to have that person focused on the needs of food allergic students and also students with all kinds of other medical dietary restrictions. In that normal dining venue, um, Lindsay talked about all you care to eat and all you care to eat does not mean all you can eat. Stuff yourself at the buffet, that's really not the idea. Many colleges have gone tray free, which means two things. One thing is it's a sustainability step to try to reduce the amount of dishes, water, soap, et cetera but also it's trying to get people rather than to try 10 different things that might look good to them to try four or five items, beverage, a fruit, maybe a meal that you've never had before from a different culture. 
because you can get seconds. You can go back and say, well, that wasn't really to my liking or gee, I had soccer practice this morning and I'm still really hungry. I want a second helping. So just from a nutritional perspective, that all you care to eat tray free environment was really good at allowing people to vary their portions and try new things. The things that we had before that were specific to food allergic students, allergen free or allergen safe stations. So the one I worked on for 10 years was called Simple Servings, over a hundred of them in the country and really made with no ingredients with top eight and gluten also with real attention to the back of the house in terms of prevention of cross contact and a huge focus on staff training. So we had those hot stations where for once in their lives, food allergic students didn't really have to plan ahead. If their allergies were eliminated by that station, they could just show up and have what they felt like having. So that's a really pretty unique experience for people with food allergies. And Lindsay also talked about the pantries, gluten-free pantries. We had gluten-free and nut-free pantries called my zone areas. And those were also really, really useful. A lot of times they were access limited. So you had to get permission to use those areas. So that's kind of what used to be. And now there are a lot of changes and obviously nobody wants people to get sick. And COVID is certainly a driver. And many colleges have done incredibly well at having very, very few cases. So we have really very little, if any, self-service now, because that just puts people sort of too near other people's food. And self-service was always a concern for food allergic students. So eliminating self-service is not a bad thing for food allergic students. What is a bad thing is that many of these meals are sort of done to go in assembly line styles and everybody gets the sandwich and the potato chips and whatever other little side there is. And there's not a lot of variety, not as much scratch cooking. Uh, you may not know that colleges are really doing a ton of scratch cooking now with very talented chefs. And particularly for food allergic students, that was wonderful because uh, foods are being made with whole ingredients that only have one thing in them rather than more processed foods that might have 20 different ingredients, which is somewhat of a nightmare for food allergies. To-go meals, everybody get the same thing, definitely reduces the social and inclusion parts of dining. Definitely a lot of impact on sustainability efforts at colleges with so much more single-use plastic and really a challenge for people with food allergies. So just like always though, communication, pre-planning, one-on-one plans with those food allergic students are even more important than they ever were. And they always were terrifically important. So Beth, as you look across colleges and universities and what they're trying to do to feed food allergic students during COVID, what are you hearing are the biggest challenges? And specifically, if you could address any unanticipated issues with supply chain, ingredient substitution, could you comment on any challenges that you've noted have increased? Colleges are really facing the challenges of any workplace. And staffing is a big problem for university dining programs. Everybody has families. 
people that work in our dining operations may be suddenly changed into teachers and they're at home with kids that are doing online learning and they just can't fulfill their obligations staffing-wise in dining. So that's a huge problem, taking everybody's temperature when they come in and doing symptom checks and all those sorts of things definitely make staffing more difficult. Trying to maintain staffing groups or pods so that you're working with the same people all the time for anybody who's ever done a schedule, that definitely adds complexity. Looking at the back of the house space, university kitchens tend to be bigger than hospital kitchens, which is where I started my career. But still saying everybody working in a hot kitchen needs to have unfoggy glasses and a mask over their face, needs to be six feet apart from everybody else that they're working with. And it was interesting because I was talking to one chef and he said, this is dangerous. Like wearing masks all the time. If you fog your glasses up and you're working with high heat and you're working with sharp knives, that's not good. You need to be able to see and not have your glasses fogged up. One thing that I should have anticipated, but I really didn't, is how angry a lot of college parents are. And I can totally see that. I mean, if you're paying what college tuition costs these days and your kid is a freshman sitting in their dorm room doing online colleges, getting a sandwich in a plastic box, that kid is going to be miserable. That kid is going to make the parents miserable. And sometimes dining seems to be the easy target. So actually, there are a lot of parent social media groups that do a lot of complaining to one another and don't always reach out to dining and say, hey, you know, I'm not sure if you're aware that this is going on. That sort of feeling under attack at the time of dealing with all the issues that are happening with substitutions and ingredient availability and lack of scratch cooking and um, using so much more technology. And whenever you use a ton of technology, that always adds more possible glitches to the equation. So it's definitely a super challenging time for university dining programs right now. It's impossible for them to meet their budgets, which is always demoralizing as well and uh, tough times. Lindsay, I'm imagining that much of what Beth said is resonating with you. I'm wondering what you've seen and had to do at University of Michigan with respect to unanticipated issues. Can you comment on what the biggest challenges have been for your staff and for the community? Everything that Beth mentioned about staffing as well as some of our customer service concerns really held true at the University of Michigan. But I'll touch a little bit on the supply chain issues that we experienced at the beginning of the semester. They were really, really difficult to anticipate. They were with products that we weren't exactly expecting. Luckily, we have really good relationships with our suppliers, so we were able to get notification usually ahead of time, that there would be product outages. And so we were able to work with our suppliers to find substitutions. We really like to find substitutions that have the same exact nutrition and allergen profile. Luckily, we're able to update our database so that menus were accurate and up to date when students came through the dining hall. But that caused a significant challenge because we had to remain on top of it so that students had the accurate information that they needed in order to dine safely. A really good example would be our chicken soup base. In dining, we use a lot of chicken stock, a more concentrated 
type of stock that we dilute to make soups and sauces and that sort of thing. As you can imagine, a product like that can have a lot of additional ingredients in order to improve its shelf life or improve the performance in the dining hall. When that product was not available, we had to look at different products that we could get quickly. And that also had the same nutrition profile and the same allergen profile. That's kind of a tricky situation because you need the product as soon as possible so that the kitchens don't have to make drastic menu changes. But we also had to make sure that the ingredient profile was very similar so that we didn't have to update a bunch of recipes and that students had the information that they needed in order to dine safely. We are hearing about students who come down with COVID on campus or have exposure that requires quarantine. Does the university of Michigan have a plan to provide food to students with food allergies who may not be able to come to the dining hall, either because they're ill or because they're in quarantine? Yes, for students who are placed in quarantine housing, uh, they receive a form that they can fill out for their meals that they receive through Michigan Dining every day. One of the questions that we ask on that form is for students to declare what their food allergies are. That form also provides a link they can view full nutrition and allergy information um, so that they can select the menu items that are going to work for them. We also provide students with a direct contact so that they can reach out to that individual if they have any questions. Beth, what are you hearing regarding how universities are accommodating students in quarantine who may not be able to avail themselves of the dining hall or even any choices in the dining hall? Well, I think what Lindsay said was actually great in terms of best practices. So the things that really impressed me from what Michigan is doing is that their default is not to send nuts. That's a really good idea. That's a very common, very serious food allergy. So let's not make that somebody's first meal because even if there's absolutely no way that you could have known that they were allergic, that's going to give a very bad first impression. Another thing I think that Leslie said that's great is that proactive communication, reaching out, please let us know if you have food allergies, posting the menu online with allergy information, giving a direct point of contact. And then of course, having the one-on-one -on -one plans for people that have more complex needs. I'll tell you one thing though, that I think we need to be careful about. And that is when we do have all this great information, about what is on the menu. Sometimes students might feel, well, I can take care of myself because I can just figure out how to not order that stuff that has my allergen. The part of the equation that that misses is cross contact. So every place tries to be reasonably careful and make one food at a time and try to avoid cross contact in general. However, when you have somebody with known food allergies, you have to go that real next step towards really preventing cross contact, making sure your areas are clean and sanitized, that you're using special utensils, labeling extremely carefully, all those things. So I would urge students and their families, even if you feel like you've got this great bag of tools that the dietitians at Michigan and other places have worked hard to make available for you, please still communicate. Let us know that you have an allergy. That gives another layer of protection when we're making your meal to make sure that not only are you receiving the foods that are free of your allergen, but that we are taking additional steps to prevent any cross contact 
from other foods that might be nearby. Places have gotten much better about allergy training for staff, which is essential. Allergy training in the age of COVID is a little bit different. So I know everybody's staffing is really tight and tough, but think about really making time for training and bringing up some of these COVID-specific situations that are occurring. That's a, a great reminder. And you've now mentioned communication in two separate answers. Let me ask you, Beth, you mentioned earlier that there had been a lot of momentum on dining for people with medical dietary conditions, including food allergy. You also mentioned movement towards sustainability, which may have been stalled because of a greater reliance on disposable containers now. I'm wondering if there are any changes that you're seeing that may stick around when the worst of the COVID crisis is behind us. I think a lot of colleges have really accelerated their technology in terms of pre-ordering, having their menus online, having that information available. The emphasis on cleaning and sanitizing and thinking about if you're sick, don't come to work. But now, if you're sick, don't come to work because that could kill my mother. That's a big difference. And I hope that that message will really stay with people. As for the rest of us, whipping people in and out of dining in 10 minutes and giving them the takeout meals and all these disposables, I'd like to see that go away. Lizzie, how about you? What would you like to see stay with us, if anything? And what would you be happy to see go away? Yeah, I really agree with Beth. Some accelerated technology has improved our service style. For example, we have a reservation system that's ready to go when we're able to use it. And I think that that will really help our students plan better. And also we have to open up our dining halls in a limited capacity that will allow us to do so. Also from being able to have meetings in a virtual manner has helped some of our efficiency. So I think that that's here to stay in some capacity. I agree with her though. I'm ready for disposables uh, to go away. I think I spent about three months trying to find the perfect sustainable disposables for us to use. But our students really do like carrying out food. So I don't know what that's going to look like in the future, but I imagine that we're going to be offering some to-go options in some sort of format once we're able to open up our dining rooms again. A lot of our cleaning practices are here to stay. Uh, for example, we're using electrostatic sprayers in order to sanitize our kitchens and dining rooms. And even though we had excellent cleaning practices prior to COVID, this additional step to maintain cleanliness and sanitation is not going away anytime soon. A few stories have come out about students who are in quarantine where food has been delivered to the student and the student's food allergies are not accommodated. What advice would you offer both to the student and to the food service? Food allergies are a life and death situation. So advice that I could offer to a college or university is that that needs to be on the forefront of any planning that you do with any type of food service on campus, whether it's a catered event or providing food for quarantine and isolation or students who are in quarantine and isolation. It is so important to make sure that food allergy management is at the forefront. What I would really encourage a student to do is if 
they are receiving inappropriate service or if they are not satisfied or scared with the service that they're receiving, it is so important to reach out directly to those who are involved in providing that food because you really need to make sure that you're getting quick resolution to the issues. Food service operations are very complicated and it's necessary to have that direct line of communication so that the food service operation can turn it around and make sure that your needs are met. Excellent. Thank you. Beth, how about you? It is a really miserable situation. I mean, imagine being a freshman in college. You're already nervous, scared. You've left your friends and family behind. Now you have COVID. Terrified you're going to die. You're terrified that maybe the people that you had to reveal for contact tracing, maybe angry with you, maybe given other people COVID. Do feel just terribly for any student that is in quarantine, especially a student with food allergies that is getting something that's dangerous to them. So their life is twice at risk. My real only advice is just communicate, get in touch for colleges like Michigan that have that central point of contact, the direct line of contact that is excellent. So operationally, honestly, I would say, make sure you have a registered dietitian on your team. Registered dietitians are the people that really understand food allergies as well as other medical restrictions. And if you have somebody who is focused on that life and death situation, somebody who's not doing the schedule or fighting with the procurement problems, but somebody who's really focused on that special student who needs something different, everything else really flows from that. You can really do a lot of outreach ask for disclosure from those students. Please tell us, let us know. Here's your direct line of contact. Here's the photo of the dietitian. Also, if there's a way to reach out to parents to really make parents understand what is going on. Any questions I did not ask you about the topic that you want to make sure our listeners know about how colleges are navigating this unusual time? I have one more thought, and I've heard this a lot from parents. Well, we don't trust dining, so our kid is just going to have takeout from all these little community restaurants. That is so much more dangerous. College dining is a bridge from being home with your mom and your dad, and they make you only foods that are free of your dangerous ingredients. There's no cross-contact. It's a very safe environment. And then when you're out of college, you're in the big world, and people aren't trained and may not really care about you as an individual. That's a dangerous environment. College is a bridge between those things, taking you from your safe home, helping you learn to communicate with chefs, helping you really get in the habit of reading menus and reading labels and asking questions and really getting ready to have the adult responsibility for your own food allergy safety. College campuses train. They can always train more, but training on food allergies is happening on college campuses. So you're dealing with somebody who sees you every day, who does care about you, who does have training, and who is willing to have that close relationship with the family, with the student with food allergies, to try to keep everybody both safe and included. So please don't think going off campus to little community restaurants is going to solve the problem. Place your trust in resident dining, communicate with them all the time. And for you operators, you you deserve that trust, please. 
I think that sometimes students are overwhelmed because it feels as though the university or college setting is a big, wild arena to navigate. And it might be intimidating or overwhelming to figure out who to reach out to. But we are here. We love working one-on-one with students. We want to make sure that whatever the needs are, are met and met appropriately. So please don't hesitate to reach out to whomever your contact might be at your college or university. Nothing breaks my heart more than to hear at the end of a semester that a student was struggling to find options. We're here to bridge that gap and we're here to make dining easy for you. Well, Lindsay Haas and Beth Winthrop, thank you both so much for taking time to speak with us today on the Talking Food Allergy podcast about feeding students with food allergies on college campuses. We really appreciate your expertise and your thoughtfulness. Oh, thanks for having us. We were joined for this discussion by Beth Winthrop of Menu Trinfo and Lindsay Haas of the University of Michigan Dining. Now let's get some student perspective on college dining with food allergies during COVID-19. Joining me now are Maya Konoff of Port Washington, New York, a sophomore at Syracuse University, and Emma Sorrentino of Western Massachusetts, a freshman at the University of Vermont. Both have been active in educating their peers and others about living with food allergies. Emma and Maya, thank you so much for joining me on the Talking Food Allergy podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. I'm so excited for this opportunity to talk to you. Both of you are college students at different universities managing food allergies during the time of COVID. And clearly it's a challenge for college dining services and students alike. But before we get into the details of the experience day to day, I'd like our listeners to know a little more about you. So Emma, how old are you and how old were you when you were diagnosed with food allergies? I'm currently 18 years old. I was diagnosed with my food allergies just a few days before my second birthday. And I'm allergic to peanuts, but I also avoid eating all tree nuts. Maya, how about you? I'm 19 years old and I've been dealing with multiple food allergies since I was diagnosed at nine months old. Now I'm down to my list of just eggs, peanuts, and tree nuts. Maya, before you came to college, I know you're a sophomore this year, so this is now going back a couple of years. How did you manage your food allergies, particularly when you were eating outside of the home? Before coming to college, it was definitely a little bit easier managing my food allergies because I did have the support and the help of my family with me as well. Since I was about 12 years old, I started to really try and be more independent when it came to managing my food allergies because I knew that down the road, I wouldn't have my mom there with me all the time. And so she kind of helped me learn that the best way to manage my food allergies was just to always be as overprepared as I possibly could for any situation, whether that was going out to eat at a restaurant or going to eat at someone else's home where they're going to be cooking for me. Unfortunately, it takes out really any element of spontaneity. You can't really just decide, hey, let's go out to dinner tonight, because there is so much planning and research that goes into that. I would reach out to restaurants. I would look at menus online beforehand and have specific targeted questions that I wanted to ask the manager or the chef. I would talk to whoever was going to be cooking for me if it was someone's home and ask what their plans were and if they could modify it in a certain way that I needed them for it to be safe for me. 
And Emma, I know you're a freshman at college, so this is a much newer experience for you and a more recent memory. If you could talk a little bit about how you've grown up managing your food allergies prior to moving to go to school. When I was growing up, it was slightly easier because I did have the support and knowledge of my parents. But what I remember mostly was pretty much from the time that I could read. My mom started training me in the grocery store and with menus and she would always have me read the label with her. So that helps me find the slight differences in all the labels, how some companies don't bold the allergens, some put it in other weird places. So that helped me manage my food allergies a lot. We did a lot of calling restaurants ahead. We did a lot of talking to servers before ordering and making sure that what I wanted to order was going to be definitely safe. And then one thing that we always kept open was if we didn't feel safe at that restaurant, we just didn't have a problem leaving, which also was not always fun, especially when it got to the point where I was out with friends and we all went to a restaurant and I just didn't feel like I was going to be safe and having to change the friend group's plan at the last minute was sometimes annoying. So I'm curious if when you were looking at schools, the when you were narrowing your list, was part of your decision-making to identify schools based on how they would handle food allergies? Yeah, that was definitely a really big part of my decision and not even necessarily just my decision, but my college search process in general. I remember whenever I would go on tours of campuses, when they got to the part of the tour when they would be talking about dining, if they didn't mention it, my mom or I would always ask how well they handled food allergies. And I remember one school I went to, I really liked the tour and then I got to the dining hall and they had this giant jar of peanut butter out and I asked the tour guide how they handle food allergies and the tour guide just didn't really have a great answer. So that college actually just went right off my list. So it was a really big part of my sort of necessities in a school was having a school that I felt would take my food allergies seriously. Maya, does that mirror your experience? Honestly, I took a bit of a different approach when it came to my college search. Growing up, pretty much anything that I wanted to do, my family and I always had the mindset of if this is something you want, we'll figure it out and make it work with your food allergies. Whether that was going on trips to places or eating at restaurants, I went to sleepaway camp. So I kind of took that and threw that back in my family's face when it came time for the college process because they for good reason, wanted me to look at the schools that were known for being great with food allergies and only apply there. And I understand that that works for a lot of people. I'm not judging anyone who does it that way, but I had so many other things that I wanted in a school, the type of campus I wanted, the type of activities, the academics that I wanted. And I thought that if this was going to be a place I was spending the next four years, I wanted everything else to fit right. And then once I got in and once I picked that school that was perfect for me, then I'd make it work. Whether that meant I would be able to eat in the dining halls and they were great with food allergies, or if in the case that I had to eat only food that I had myself in my dorm, I would have done that if it meant that I got to be at the school that I wanted to be at. 
I got really lucky with the dining services and I've been able to eat in the dining halls, but it definitely wasn't the top factor in my decision. Maya, you're a sophomore. You had freshman year under your belt where you lived on campus. You're back on campus this year. Certainly COVID has upended so many aspects of our daily lives and nowhere is this more in evidence than on college campuses. Can you talk a little bit about what your experience was like as a first year student with dining services and access to allergy safe food on campus. Can you compare that to what's happening this year? Sure. Like I said, once I picked my school, I go to Syracuse University and then I started talking to the people who would have answers for me about food allergy questions, the dietitian, and then it ended up being the manager of the dining hall in the building that I was living in freshman year. They were extremely helpful for me and for my family. We talked to them in advance of getting to school. And then once I moved in, we had an appointment during move-in weekend with the manager of my dining hall where it took me and my parents into the dining hall and he let us see how everything runs and he let us eat in the dining hall so we could get a feel for how it would be. One thing that was really, I did not expect coming to college is that my school's dining halls are 99% nut-free. There's no tree nuts ever in the dining hall. They do have peanut butter, but they're in sealed individual little like one serving packages that kids can take. That was an extreme relief for me because that's two less allergens that I really don't have to worry about when I'm eating in the dining hall. And so last year I was also managing a dairy allergy. So last year I really had to deal with my milk and my egg allergy. And in the dining hall, everything was in a buffet style. So that was really my biggest concern eating the dining hall was because growing up, I really never ate from a buffet because there's just such risk for cross contact in that style, but they have people watching over it. So if something got contaminated, like the dining hall staff would see and they would replace it. So that was a little more comforting for me. So it was just that risk of the dairy and egg, but I never once felt unsafe eating the dining hall and I never had an issue. There were a couple of times where I did have to say to the staff, hey, could you bring out a new, for example, if it was like green beans got contaminated with some cheese from the thing next to it, then they would just go to the kitchen and get a new thing and a new spoon and resolve the issue. Another big help was that they had the menus posted online previously, like for the whole week. So I could see what the food was going to be and kind of plan out what I was going to eat because online everything was labeled with allergens. This year when I got to school, the main difference in the dining halls for COVID was that they didn't have anything buffet style anymore. So that was even honestly even better for me than it was last year because I never have to worry now that there's ever going to be that chance of cross contact because everything is behind glass and the kitchen staff serves it to you into a container that you take out of the dining hall. Same with our salad bar is now served by someone who works in the dining hall and a lot of things like sandwiches and stuff have now been pre-packaged. There's even less risk now, which has honestly been a nice little silver lining with COVID at school. I've actually heard that from other students that the risk of user error 
i.e. students self-serving from a buffet, salad bar, et cetera, has gone down and that having prepackaged foods can make ingredient information more readily available. So it's interesting to hear your experience. Emma, as we said, you're, you're a first year student. As you prepared to attend college, of course, COVID had already happened. You already knew that it would affect your first year experience. So I'm curious, what conversations specifically did you have with the school prior to arriving about how your food allergies would be addressed? Before I even committed, I actually talked to the nutritionist at my school, which is the University of Vermont, and talked to them about how dining staff handles food allergies. And just like Maya, they allowed me to eat in the dining hall and sort of see if I felt that it seemed like a safe place for me to be. That being said, I know at my school, and I think this is something that is becoming more common at other schools, which is really great to see. We have a station called Simple Servings, which is actually free from the top eight allergens. So that was something that was really nice to see and hear about that I knew there was always going to be at least one dish that I would be able to eat every meal. But more recently with the whole pandemic, there has been some definite shifts in UVM dining. So just like Maya, everything is now served by dining staff, which I totally agree is kind of a silver lining because I don't have to worry about someone putting peanut butter on their bagel and then touching the spoon to the fruit or whatever. I I know that all the chefs have gloves and I, I can even ask them to change gloves if I want something. So that's been actually helpful. And then another thing that I found that was a difference this year, well, I guess it's not a difference for me, but something new this year is my uh, university is using this app where you can order food ahead or look at the menus. You can look at all of the allergens and ingredients on every option in the dining hall. And I actually set my settings in the app to highlight anything with peanuts or tree nuts. That's been helpful because I can kind of go on the app beforehand. Same with the ordering. I can just order something that I know is safe because I can read all the allergens and ingredients beforehand. It's definitely something that has made me feel actually more comfortable on campus. So it sounds like both of you have found some silver linings to navigating dining services during COVID, better handling of food by professional trained staff, or better ingredient disclosure than you had anticipated. All of that is great. I'm wondering, though, if there have been any challenges to accessing allergy-safe food. Yeah, so one thing that has made it a little bit more challenging is at Syracuse, we have our dining halls, but then we also have other places where you can get food. They're like cafes on campus. And those used to be another good option for me. But now because of the, like the shift to a more grab and go style, instead of like, for example, one of them, you used to be able to go and make your own wrap with deli meats and toppings and things like that. But now to make it easier, wraps that have already been made and so a lot of those have things like mayonnaise in it that I can't have so that's been like just one less option I have now at school but it hasn't been too much of an issue for me yeah like Maya said I haven't had too many hiccups along the way might be feeling it a little bit more if I had had the on-campus experience last year but I would say mostly my difficulties came within like the first one to two weeks when 
everyone, including students and staff, were still kind of getting used to the new rules. So it, it took me a little bit to sort of learn the ropes of the dining hall. And in those first few weeks, I would kind of stick to one station or whatever, something that I knew I could have. But And then as time went on, I would get a little bit more adventurous. Yeah, I would say my only real difficulties were in the first few weeks when everyone on campus was figuring everything out. Both of you have described generally positive experiences, but but some mixed bag when it comes to the variety and choice of safe foods available to you on campus during this time. And I'm happy to hear that you're both able to find appropriate options. But of course, there are thousands of students with food allergy around the country at universities who may not have the kind of experience you're describing or may just feel frustrated or concerned about the safety and health of the food they're consuming. So Emma, do you have any advice that you'd like to share with students with food allergy who may be having difficulty accessing safe food. Get involved with student accessibility services on your school's campus because their whole job is to make sure that anyone with something that hinders their day-to-day life in any major way gets the accommodations that they need. So if your school is, or your dining staff are not being cognizant of your food allergies, that could be a really good way to make sure that the school knows that there's a lot of places they need to improve and help you out. That's great advice. And every university has a disability services office or a student services office. And you're right, there are people on staff whose job it is to make sure that universities accommodate people's medical needs, dietary needs, anything special, including food allergy. And they should be a part of your conversation even before you matriculate. That's wonderful advice. Maya, what advice would you give to either incoming or current students or prospective students about how to ensure that the food they receive on campus is safe and and what to do if a problem arises? I definitely say the biggest thing is like what Emma said is don't be afraid to reach out for help. College is a big time be independent and that includes being an advocate for yourself. So if there's something that's not working, figure out who can help you, whether that is the Office of Disability Services or for me, my more point contact for things like that has been the dietitian. Don't be afraid to tell them that you're having problems because it's not okay for you to not be able to eat when you're at school. And there has to be a way for them to help you get what you need. Also, another thing, I'm not sure if it's allowed in all dorms, but most dorms, I feel like, let you have, at the very least, a mini fridge and a microwave. So that's been really helpful having in my dorm, because if there's a night where I don't like the food on the menu or something else happened with the dining hall, or even if I'm just too lazy to walk over there, there are things that I keep in my room, like I keep instant oatmeal and instant soups and things that I can make in the microwave. I'm never going hungry. There's just one thing I'd throw in. One thing that I had to do before getting to campus and I still do is having those tough conversations with my roommate. When I got assigned, I felt a little awkward at first being like, hey, I have all these food allergies, pretty serious. And I'd appreciate if you were, you know, cognizant. I tried to be really gentle. And most of the time, the person will be really receptive. They're living with you. They don't want to have to take you to the hospital. So definitely have that conversation with them. And then if anything arises during the school year, keep having that conversation and 
keep teaching them how to use your epinephrine or how to read labels, how to help you out, stuff like that. It's really important. Emma and Maya, thank you very much for appearing on the podcast today and for offering your perspective. The experience of college students is such an important topic that we need to keep thinking about as we uh, work to provide safe experiences for those students uh, and their food allergies. So thank you both very much. Thank you. Thanks for having us. This has been the Talking Food Allergy Podcast from Allergic Living. My guests today were Lindsay Haas, Beth Winthrop, Maya Konoff, and Emma Sorrentino. Be sure to visit AllergicLiving.com and the new This Allergic Life microsite. I'm your host, Jen Jobrak, National Food Allergy Consultant with Food Allergy Pros. Thank you for listening.